Hi, this is LGBTQ&A. I'm Jeffrey Masters, and this is an interview that I did with Trixie Mattel from about a year ago. I wanted to rerun it after she won RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars last week because I think it is such a thoughtful and interesting discussion about her drag. The character, the makeup, how she developed it, and then also just her work ethic and business sense that allowed her career to really explode after she was on the show the first time. You'll also hear us discuss women who do drag, which has been in the news a lot lately, and then also how doing drag has changed Trixie's relationship to his own masculinity. So that's coming up. If you like the interview, please subscribe to the podcast. You can do that on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you prefer. Although, if I may ask, would you please take 30 seconds to rank us five stars and leave a comment on iTunes? It's one of the biggest ways you can help our show grow. And if you do do that, please tweet at me and let me know. I'm on Twitter at JeffMasters1, and I would love to say thank you. And then lastly, don't forget to check out our old home on AfterBuzz TV. They are the number one place for all your TV after show discussions. All right, without further ado, here's Trixie Mattel. You know, when I told people I was interviewing you, people have very, very nice things to say about you. Well, you'd be amazed in our industry. If you show up on time and you're nice, people think you've like walked on water. Oh my God, so far so good. They're like, you were, you showed up on time and you were nice because so many drag queens are late and rude, etc. I mean, I would not have told you had they not said that, but yeah. yeah in it's... drag, I'm very nice. Yeah. <laughs> what about real life? Well, like in real life, people, they're like, oh my God, Tricks and Mattel. And I'm like, alone on a Tuesday at a bar in West Hollywood with like glasses and a hat on just wanting to be left alone. And they're like, I met her and she wasn't very nice. Like I fully was, my body language is leave me alone. (laughs) I go out to be social to not speak to anyone. Does that make sense? Not really. I go out to like absorb the social energy, but not necessarily make a friend. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Are you recognized that much though? Because your drag makeup is fairly non-recognizable. I only get recognized in gay places like gay bars, Apple store, forever 21. Like, real, like, gay places. Maybe Starbucks. Yeah. Oh, at Starbucks. I'm very famous at a Starbucks. Every barista loves you. Yeah. But some drag queens look like themselves in drag. I'm, like, full witness protection program. Like, no one knows. That's a nice perk. But people don't believe me. Even in drag, people don't believe me. People will come up to me and look at me and go, you're not her. And I'm like, okay, then I'm not her. Great. Perfect. It's kind of amazing that as recognizable as your makeup is, that you're still able to tweak it and do different variations and still look like yourself. I am the queen of like, I will change like the lip liner to like a dark pink. And I'm like, I'm showing the judges versatility. And kimchi's like, you look the same. It's, it's like a Picasso painting. Yeah. I always say drag queens are like an exaggeration of women. I'm like an exaggeration of drag queens. I love that. Because I'm like, what a, I'm an imagination of what a drag queen would look like. Yeah. It just makes you instantly recognizable, too. No one's ever going to be like, wait, Trixie Mattel, is that the one with the guitar? Yeah. Like, they just know who it's you are. It's the sock puppet with the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> the sock puppet is something like cut up and then sewn back yeah. together. I like it because people are always like, why do you do your makeup so differently? And I'm like, well, in a subversive art form, ask yourself why so many drag queens do the makeup exactly the same. Right. If you could do anything, why does everyone do the same thing? And drag is a, is a culture, now that it's become like homogenized in a way like the world has seen it sometimes drag now now that it's not as underground it starts to kind of be a snake that eats its own tail it's drag queens new drag queens look like existing drag queens and drag race itself even references drag race you know what i mean yeah so it's a strange art form that sometimes i think is in danger 
of becoming too self-referential at times. And drag queens, the way they look, especially, you can tell, like, well, that's just another raven. Or, like, that's another pearl. Or Trixie. Or Trixie. Yeah, I always see drag queens who look just like Trixie. And, like, I'm like, nice to meet you. But mentally, I'm like, I see you. Yeah. I mean, maybe you've also just emboldened people to be more daring with their makeup. Oh, yeah. Like, I didn't invent white eyeliner. Well, drag race fans, too, they're very, um, they're very, they, they have a small, sometimes, library of references. Because they only know drag queens who've been on television. So, like, they can name the everything about every episode of Drag Race, but they don't know who, like, Coco Peru is. So they don't always have a library of references that they should have. Yeah. I always say, saying you love drag, but you only watch Drag Race, is it's like, it's like saying you love music, but you only watch American Idol. That's crazy. Yeah. You're talking about, like, the homogenizing of drag culture. Is that something that, like, drag queens talk about and are worried about? Well, something we notice, like, I think when you're in the culture, you notice that, especially new queens, new drag queens will kind of, like, do a cut-and-paste job of drag queens they've seen from TV to create their persona, which I don't think is always the most creative approach in an art form where you can truly do whatever you want. But with it going more mainstream, though, by design, that kind of creates more work for you, right? And more money. Well, I think... Definitely. I mean, it's creating an industry that my bank account's very happy that it's gone (laughs) mainstream. Because as a business person, if gay people are ideally 1% of the population or 10% of the population, really, if you're a business trying to make money off that much of the human race, how will you survive? Which is why gay bars are closing left and right all the time. So with drag race and drag becoming more for everyone now, it's been great because we can now, instead of making $40 on a Monday night, we can go make $45 on a Tuesday night. No. I don't also know like that there's any way to stop it from like going mainstream. No, well, it's become more and more it's always interesting because what is drag? If the real you can't tell me that the real housewives of Atlanta are not in drag. You can't tell me Dollar Parton is in drag, isn't in drag. You know, straight people without realizing it, they're seeing drag all the time. And now they're just having it labeled as drag. It's more digestible than you think it is. It's not an art form that's just for gay people or just for adults. It can be for can be enjoyed by people who maybe have like my show ages three and up people always come and they go it's my first drag show and i'm always like well it's not a normal drag show it's i want to for me i like to create content that is primarily comedy and secondary like oh i guess it's also technically drag yeah i also see in a lot more drag shows that i go to there's uh just um women performing Women? Oh, my God. Women in drag, you know? And there's nothing better than a woman in drag, because when you're already a woman and you're putting drag on top of that, some of my favorite drag queens are women. I've never seen women, like, so happy and enjoying themselves, too. Well, something I love about drag is it's, from a woman's point of view, it's a celebration of femininity. But um, also, from a gay man's point of view, it's... um, like Trixie and Mattel, I like that it, it should make you happy about the pink and the frills and the glitter and how girly it can be. But it should also make you feel silly for looking at me and thinking it's a woman. Like, what is society programmed? Why does this silhouette, which is psychotic, and this much makeup make you think woman? It should make you reflect on appreciating women for whoever they are. Yeah. Women can be masculine. Women can be... Like, Katya doesn't... She's like, I don't wear nails. Sometimes Katya doesn't wear, wear nails because she's like, well, not all women wear acrylic nails. That's crazy. Yeah. You shouldn't you shouldn't have an idea of what having an idea of what drag queens should look like is likened to having an idea of what women should look like. You know, it's not always okay. I imagine that you weren't nineteen and doing drag for the first time and like looked like this. No, I used to be a lot more um, you know, I was throwing softballs in more, I guess. Like maybe like 
I always loved Barbie. You know, drag queens always base their personas on their favorite, like, female icons. Diana Ross, Beyonce, whatever. Mine was Barbie, who's not really necessarily a human, but is as iconic and beautiful as any woman. You know, she's the first female president. She's the first woman on the moon. Barbie even came from a fictional city in Wisconsin. I'm from Wisconsin. Um, and originally I was maybe wearing like a pink lip and blonde hair, but then I started really pushing it. Cause I hit a crossroads of like, I don't want to look like a woman or a man. I want to look like a, a wind up toy, a plaything manufactured in a factory. Because especially as a comedian, um, like when we were school, I went to school for musical theater. They were talking about how in times of economic strife, Broadway was struggling. And when wicked was created, it was a way for people to feel comfortable spending money on a ticket because America was already so in love with the nostalgia of the wizard of Oz. And as a business person, looking like um, a Barbie is a familiar, warm, fuzzy look that audiences can feel comfortable with. That's fascinating. And then with your like, uh, exaggerated silhouette, it just helps like tell yeah. the joke. Who doesn't love Barbie? Gay men and women, anyone really, they love Barbie and they feel comforted because it reminds them how they felt with a little plastic doll in their hands as a kid. And so going places with with going darker places with comedy, I think the audience is more comfortable following me on that journey because they're following, you know, their own little white rabbit. Barbie is resonates with people. Yeah. So, so your character changed a lot then when you finally found the look. Oh yeah. When I found the look, when I started doing the comedy with the look, it was like, Oh my God, people have the experience of pulling the string on the back of a toy. But instead of saying, let's go shopping, she's maybe talking about, you know, more adult themes. Yeah. And I love that. For ages three and up, though. For ages three and up, yes. Don't bring two-year-olds. I shouldn't have named that show that because it's about my life ages three to now, but audiences were like, oh, it's a kid's show. And then I'm up there talking about rimming my dad and there's like a toddler. But I already have their money. There's no refund. So <laughs> also, depending on what part of the United States they're from, they have to learn sooner or later. That's really funny. Yeah. It's amazing that your name was Trixie before that, because Trixie just like fits your look and personality so well. Yeah. Originally, my name was almost Cupcake. But then a Trixie, I kind of fell into because when I was younger, I had a not great relationship with my stepdad. And whenever I was acting too gay or feminine or emotional, he would call me a Trixie. So he used to like, that was worse than fag to me. That was like the worst word. And then when I was in the Iraqi Horror show production i had to jump into drag last minute to fill in for someone and the part happened to be called trixie so it was like fate almost like my the, name was chosen for me in a way that's like the ultimate like f you to him too yeah and now it's my favorite word it's the word that puts clothes on my back and then mattel was because no one knew who i was but they were like she looks like a barbie and that's the manufacturer oh that's really smart so i just kind of you know yeah. i didn't really pick my name it just kind of happened i also love that with sony eyelashes every time you blink it's like an event yeah, it's event and also not an event because there's so many that it doesn't move. Kimchi, she's Korean and her, she has like a, you know, a Korean lid. And sometimes when she blinks, you can see her real eye blink and then the lashes don't move. <laughs> it's always really funny. <laughs> That's so funny. It's such a large quantity of makeup on your face. Yeah. Uh, like how much do you spend a month? I mean, I'm very lucky to have a lot of sponsorship. Sugar Pill from based in California, OCC based in New York. They sponsor me. Uh, I never thought about that. So they keep me covered. That's fairly common for Yeah, it's queens. fairly common and it's really great because it's makeup artist products that are highly pigmented, great wear. I mean, I let me tell you, I burn through black eyeliner and white eyeliner like foundation like crazy. Because, you know, sometimes I'm doing drag eight days a week. So wow. You, yeah, I mean, there's the videos of you online doing like the makeup applications yeah, and it's just mesmerizing, but also it's just, it keeps going. It keeps going. Yeah. Like it's a long video. It's a lot of makeup. Like a lot of people when they dress as Trixie, they were like, I'm you, but it's like 
10% of the makeup I wear. I'm like, just go for it. Yeah. Just put it on. It, it's such smart branding, though. For this Halloween, there's a lot of people dressing as Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. And everyone had that pink Joanne hat from the cover of the album. And I was just thought, like, But like a shitty five-cent so Joanne oh, hat. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Maybe totally. like a black one painted paint. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like spray painted. Yeah. But everyone knew it was Joanne. So like whenever someone dresses up as you, it's like, oh, it's Trixie Mattel. It happens all the time. I just did my show, Ages 3 and Up in Seattle, on front row, right at a VIP table. It was like three... Trixies. They were in all pink wigs. I mean, it makes me so happy. In my earliest drag days, I was I had a hard time finding work because I was so strange looking. And now to have it completely reversed, where I think like even after I die, I would think that art has been inf- like drag has been influenced enough by my look that even after I die, people might say, "Oh, very Trixie Mattel." Yeah. That's cool to me. Yeah. That's so cool to me. That means even if I'm an old gay man who has no kids and no, I have nothing to leave behind, I at least have influenced my art. Yeah, totally. You, you, with, uh, before we move off the makeup, though, you can't rush that, no, right? Well, you can't really rush it. I mean, there's a certain amount that's going on your face. Yeah. I'm just worried, like, what happens when, like, you have, you're in traffic or, like, you're running late and they're like, you have 20 minutes. If you think I've never gotten in drag in an Uber, <laughs> you're kidding. I mean, I've gotten in drag in cars, on trains. I've put makeup on, on planes. Um I don't care. I'm in my bubble. I don't care what people think of me. Are the wigs ever too heavy to like? Oh my god! Do last use? year at DragCon, I wore one that was seven wigs tall, and it gave me such a bad migraine I threw up. Oh I've my learned. God. I've learned my like limits of how long I need. To... American Horror Story. That wig was so big. I was like, we need to. I was like, Kathy Bates, everyone, we need to get this in like three takes because I'm going to throw up. But it looks good. Was that your call for that show? Oh yeah, they they told me to wear whatever I wanted, and I was like, mm, "It's your funeral." I'm always wear. I, I'm more about the size, but it also has to be functional. Yeah. I have to survive and work in that wig, and if it's gonna fall off, that's not also. Oh, so me with no wig, I look like Ornesha. You remember Vivacious's uh, foam head? Maybe that was on top of her head? I don't. You're not a real fan. No, okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, you're right. I mean, I told you earlier, but I'm kind of embarrassed that I only started watching Drag Race last season, the All-Stars. You know, a lot of people just uh, join it. It's a great show, and nobody watches a season and then leaves. Everyone sees a season and stays, it's, which is why it continues to grow. It's, it's so the best smart. show on TV. It's the best show on TV. I, I agree. And I, I, I'm also, like, mad at my friends that nobody, like, sat me down and, like, said, you have to watch the show. Yeah. I, I love how serious everyone takes it, especially RuPaul. Oh, Yeah. It's our, it's serious to us. It's, yeah. it's, oh, it's not, not a serious art form, but it's, a, I don't know. Oh, I'm not saying the show is a joke. I'm saying like when he's telling you that you will now lip sync for your life and it's like a life and death thing. Like, yeah. it's, it's just wonderful. It's not as wonderful when it happens. <laughs> I guess twice for you. Yeah. It's not as wonderful when it happens. Yeah. That's why people are like, would you ever do all stars? I'm like, what do I have to lose? <laughs> lose again. I'm not scared anymore. It's like if you've died and come back to life. Who cares? Did you know like what you were getting into beforehand, though? No. I just wanted to do it because I liked that show and because I knew people would like Trixie. I didn't know that I was going to be a double loser, loser, double loser. And nor did I know that... Um, Honestly, what I didn't know at the time is the real race is after Drag Race. Anybody can be fierce for the four months you're on television. But what are you going to do and how are you going to make people interested in you, you know, afterward? Yeah. I mean, most of show. my fans I've gotten are so loving and supportive because of what I've done afterward. Yeah. You know, the television shows I've done or the YouTube series or music or whatever. So, But wouldn't you rather be the person that left early that everyone loves, the, pers- who, the person who wins or like, really? Like she won? Oh yeah. I mean, well, winning is, uh, winning is whatever. Winning is a hundred thousand dollars. What does that mean? It, winning doesn't mean anything if you're not going to work in four months, you know, but also there's a piece of American musical theater called title of show and they're writing a show in the show. I love and, that show. And they say, I'd rather be nine people's favorite thing than a hundred people's ninth favorite thing. 
That's how I feel. And again, with your branding, I think that your branding like asks for that. Make strong choices. Yeah. I'm not afraid of, if you don't like my makeup, it's still burned in your memory forever. Yeah. And people have come full circle too, because people maybe didn't get it at first. When you see it, I tell people when you see it in action, it makes more sense. Look at my face from stage. That looks great. It's not meant to be on Instagram this close. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. When you first started, was your goal to make a living doing drag? No, I was just doing it for fun. And then it was like extra money. And then it was a part-time job. And then it was a full-time job. And now it's a career. I don't know when I'll stop. But I mean, now that I do comedy and primarily stand-up, I think as you get older, you only get funnier. And if I wear this much makeup, I think I could be 50 and look the same. Oh, that'd be really funny. So I don't think I'm really going to look... I'm not going to look old and drag, I think, for a very long time. Oh, because Trixie can't age. Because I, mean, I don't rely on any natural features. If my eyelids droop to here, I'm still going to paint them on up here. That's a really fascinating point. See, I'm going to be like ahead of that. Like, in t- give it 30 years and everyone's going to be like, I used to be beautiful. And I'm going to be like, I'm literally still the same. Then you'll literally never be recognized out and about. Yeah. You're like, no, he's too young. Yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, I'll find something else to do with my time by then. <laughs> well, like, what is, like, a, a career path for a drag queen? Is it just, like, doing bigger venues and, like, more shows? Well, some, you know, there's drag queens who predate Drag Race. You know, Coco Peru. Um, Lady Bunny. Lady Bunny. They've they've done it forever. And they've done it successfully without the aid of television. Yeah. So, to say that you can age out of drag is silly. RuPaul's, like, a million. Do you, do you think that a young drag queen now that's, like, just starting, like, just has to do drag race just for like, like no. notoriety. You know, like Bible girl who's a very famous social media influencer and never did drag race. Um, there's plenty of Queens in New York, LA, Chicago who make a full time living having never been on television. You know, there's large, especially in the South, there's large there's drag bars where Queens get like salary and health benefits. Cause they, they, they work. It's a job. Really? Yeah. And also not everybody who does drag wants to do it as their career. It's like any art form, you know, you can, it takes a certain amount of insanity to want to do this as a career. You know, Pearl, for example, from Drag Race, she loves drag. She's made it very clear and open that her idea of a good time is not doing drag every day. You know, she likes being like a part-time Pearl, part-time herself. Yeah, we should, keeps her more engaged. We can play by our own rules. Tempest Jour is a tenured professor and she does drag on the side. How, how often do you do shows? Me? Uh, I'll do anything between two and five a week. Okay. But it depends on the week. Like last year I did probably, or last week I did like four. This week, I only have two. And are you only doing like your full length show now? Or are you doing like all kinds of minutes? stuff? Last weekend in Seattle, I did three sold out nights of it, of my stand up show. And then this weekend here in LA, I'm doing um, a show called Dragapalooza. That's a live, real band with me, Courtney Act, Willem, Sharon, Mimi, I'm first. And we're all singing live music. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we get to pick whatever music we want. I'm doing like some Dolly Parton music. I'm doing, it's gonna be great. For for the songs the drag queens pick, and you don't really lip sync, right? You that much? I don't really anymore. For your other songs, is it how much is it the song choice versus like the performance of the song? Well, I think at this point in the game, audiences appreciate something a little more conceptual. It's not as interesting to watch you. I don't give a fuck about a Beyonce live concert medley. I don't give a fuck about a character illusion. I want to see. A conceptual, a new take on a... I love, like, a new take on a song we already know. Milk Does He Touched Me by Barbara Streisand as a altar boy. I love that. You know, show me something I might not have seen before. I, um, I, I like, secretly hate seeing, like, a big ballad that I love, because in the beginning it's lovely, and then the song continues for, like, three more minutes, and you're yeah. like, oh. You have to have a sense of it going somewhere. And, like, I like to lip sync only because, you know, in, in gay bars and stuff, lip syncing is really your option. That's what they're there for. 
And there's a way to do it. Like I like to mix in movie clips and make mixes and because I can't, I can't stand up there and lip sync very long without getting bored and the audience being bored. And yeah, but you have a good voice though too. Oh, thank you. But I find, I know, I know what I'm worth and I know what I'm not good at. And I'm like, nobody's here to see me do jump splits and dance. People are here to hear me talk. So I'm more interested in doing some, you know, talking and doing some comedy than I am doing like it's raining men. Yeah. The, the majority of your time is spent traveling, right? Yeah. Is that hard then to make friends when you're back here in LA? Well, uh, my boyfriend left me. I don't have any friends. I only go home when someone dies, but I'm living my dream. I'm no, not. it's not too hard. You have to find people who are comfortable with it. Uh, your boyfriend left you? No, well, I, but that's like a long time ago, but like I'm dating a new guy who knows I might be gone sometimes at like a week at a time. Yeah. But that's how you get a guy to, to fall in love with you. You're like mysteriously gone half the time. You know what I mean? You Cinderella him, you leave the slipper, you run. I, I agree. You search for you. You see, and if you see them seven days a week, then it's like, oh God, this, like this that, person. That book, the rules where they say like, you shouldn't text someone back too early. And like, I don't believe in that. I'm crazy. And you act crazy. Oh, well, oh you I'm don't crazy. Need to act it. Oh, I, the second date's done. I'm like, lunch was great. Dinner. I like, I don't care. I'm aggressive. Is it j- oh, really? Yeah. I don't care. It, it, a, a lot of gay culture is like obsessed with like masculinity and stuff. Not that you're not, but like as a drag queen, like has that created problems? Um, there's two types of guys: guys who don't like me because I do drag. Which, by the way, out of drag, I I couldn't be less like Trixie Mattel. I don't look like her. I don't move like her. I don't. But they either don't like me because I do drag, or they like it too much. Like they'll swipe right on Tinder and be like, "Yes, Mama Boots realness." I'm like, "Oh no." Oh, fascinating. So it's challenging to find someone who respects what I do, but isn't too um, into it. Yeah. You know, and I can't, I can't fuck fans because it's a very tightly knit community. What if everyone found out I have a huge dick and I'm an amazing lay? What would become of my career? Shh, don't say that out loud. Yeah. People could find out. <laughs> oh, that's such a, is that like, is that part of the tour? Is that like you meeting fans after and they're like, we're in this hotel too? Well, a lot of drag queens like to sleep with fans. I, I love to make friends with fans, but I also, um, you know, my ideal room of people doesn't think I'm that cool. <laughs> like, um, uh, Don Rickles, his wife had him and they had a very successful marriage because his wife was one of the only people he ever met that did not think he was funny at all. She was like, I don't get why people pay to see you. You're not funny. And that's part of why they worked out. Is it the guy you're seeing now? Does he think you're funny? He thinks I'm funny. He saw, he's seen my stand up show, but he, you know, he doesn't like, he's not like, can you introduce me to the door? Like, he doesn't care. How has doing drag changed your own, like, ex- uh, like, expression of your gender and, like, your own experience of your own masculinity? Oh, my God. Doing drag has made me... It's There's something about dressing up as someone else that makes you even more comfortable and happy to put your own clothes back on. Like, I love... It makes me more happy to be a man. Like, I get to just go get, like, all my frilliness out of my system in the right venue. And then I'm so excited to go put on boots and jeans and not, you know, put on glitter. And I mean, I'm so gay. I love gay things so much, you know? Yeah. But, um, I love keeping it separate. Oh, that's interesting. You know, I love the idea. Like my ideal situation is I like marry someone. They're my stay at home wife, husband. I'm the provider. I don't have to raise kids. I get to make all the money. I want like the, the I want to be like the stereotype of, like a Pleasantville dad. Like I go to work, I come home. Thank you for my drink. Someone, I can't cook. I can't clean. I want like a wife, husband. You need to be the provider then. Yeah. Like (laughs) I like to be the provider. I like to be like the big spoon. And when you're like a drag queen, people, I think oftentimes assume a lot of things about you, but we're all just going to work. You know, Dana Carvey can do church lady. Tyra Perry can do Medea. Channing Tatum can get in terrible Beyonce drag. 
And everyone claps, but guys have hangups with me being tricksy. That's crazy. And I'm not as good at it. You know, sometimes I do get ashamed of it because sometimes I'm uncomfortable with telling guys. I've been on dates where I don't tell them what I do. I tell them I'm in HR because no one knows what it is and no one asks. No, really? Yeah, because I don't want that to become the focus of the dialogue of the whole date. And, you know, Uh, I would have questions if it was HR. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. You're like, can you finally tell me what it is? (laughs) Or dry cleaning. And then if they're like, you lied to me. I'm like, I said dry queen. Oh, you heard dry clean. Oh, that's so funny. No. How many, how many, what percentage of dates do you lie on if it's a first date? Um, like 50? Well, a lot of times I'll half truth. I'll say I work in comedy or sometimes I've lied and they've called me out on it. (laughs) Because they won't be upfront about what I do, or they won't be upfront that they know. And I'll be like, oh, we're comedy. That looks really poorly on the guys, and they're not asking follow-up questions. Well, I'll say I'm a comedian, which isn't lying. No. But I also don't want to just, like, spend the first... I don't want to spend the appetizers talking about Drag Race either. Oh, yeah. like, do you have RuPaul's cell phone number? Can we call yeah. them? Like, I don't have my tongue in a guy's ass and have him be like, who are you going to do for a Snatch game? Like, that's not fun to me. But do you have RuPaul's cell phone number? <laughs> Well, I have a burner phone that he calls me on. And then if we get in a fight, I'll just like uh, Breaking Bad, I'll just throw it, break it. Is there any kind of relationship with him post-show? Every time I see him, I cannot help but tell him, you've changed my whole life. You've helped me put away money for when I can't do drag anymore. And I've lived all my dreams because of you choosing me. And I know I'm supposed to probably try to keep it professional and not just tell him how thankful I am. But how can you not? It's like when people think... um, thank God. It's like, you can thank God, but really like you took your gifts and put them to work. So I'm thankful for RuPaul, but I'm also thankful for my own hustle and what I did with the platform. Yeah. Getting on Drag Race is not a golden ticket. It's not a meal ticket. It's like you said, the, it starts after the show. Yeah. It's Drag Race is like, here, I'm going to give you some corn. You can figure out if you're going to plant it or not, or you can just eat it. You know, that's the Wisconsin metaphor. Yeah. Yeah, That's like the native American Wisconsin metaphor. Yeah. Are you native American? Yeah. I'm half, but I just look really white. Oh, funny. Are you like... Uh, oh, that's funny? Yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a part of like a tribe? And like, did you do that growing up? No, I grew up like off the reservation. We were just bad Native Americans. Bad Native Americans. It's yeah. like a bad feminist. Yeah. I mean, I go visit, but... Yeah. I grew up like in the deep country though. Like dead end dirt road, wood stove, outhouse. Really? Laura Ingalls. Oh yeah. Laura Ingalls Wilder. Like a trailer? Yeah. Did you have your own room? No. Wow. Yeah. I'm like super... I mean, that's where I learned, you know, music. We're folk people. So what did they think about you as the, in your life as a drag queen? I can't queen? tell you how unimpressed they are. My family is so not anti-gay. They're so not anti-drag. They're just like, nothing Hollywood impresses them. My brother's like a three-time Iraq war veteran and an attorney. And that's like, to country people, that's like amazing. But like me, traveling the world, TV, nothing. Like my mom only saw me on TV because I did American Horror Story. And that's a show she already watches. She was like, oh yeah, I saw you on my show. Yeah, mom, I'm glad I was on your show. That is so funny. They haven't seen Drag Race. They're just like, it's not cool. I, I love that it's not anti-gay. It's just like, we, we just don't, we're They're not just into like, it. let us know when you do something real. Like, they just don't care. Like more American Horror Story. Yeah. Like my, came home and my sister over Christmas was like, no one knows who you are here. So calm down. She's 17, by the way. She was just like, queen. Aren't families like the ultimate ego check? Oh, I go home. I'm like, like, and I have to, I have to. Get with the like I did gay for play with someone from um Facts of Life, which was a show my mom used to watch. RuPaul doesn't impress her, but somebody from uh Mindy Mindy um Coons, my mom was like, Oh my god I'm like, see? <laughs> Nothing impresses them. Music doesn't impress them, nothing I do. 
Oh my god. They grew up around my grandpa playing music, so me playing guitar, they're like, okay. It's like the textbook performer child of being like, but I can do this trick and I can tap dance and like I wrote the song for you. Yeah. And like, okay, sure, whatever. They just aren't impressed. But honestly, I like it because I do everything for for me. Yeah. I'm very self serving. But like I feel like in that kind of like world you probably had to be. Yeah, I mean, if you got to go out and do your pet band and march at the football game for your own enjoyment, because your mom's not in the audience, whatever. I mean, I I feel like if you weren't like this and like your parents aren't watching on TV, it's like, what's the alternative? Like crying? It's like, no, that's who they are. Yeah. And you do. Honestly, all performers are like, I do it for the fans. No, you don't. You like to make people laugh, but you like to make people laugh because of the way it makes you feel. It's okay to do your art for your own self-service as long as you're also okay with other people joining it. Like, I love being tricksy. I love it to my bones. And I would be doing it if five people were watching. I was doing it when five people were watching. I have one more question about Drag Race. Yeah. I heard a rumor that you did an Anne Frank impression for your audition. I did. I did. I did an Anne Frank impersonation. And I heard that uh, when RuPaul saw the audition... Well, RuPaul told me... They said when they saw the audition tape, he cast me immediately. He said it was the funniest video he's ever seen. But it was a little touchy to use on television. My impersonation was so weak. It had nothing to do with any factual information about the real Anne Frank. It was like it was like me being Anne Frank as like a mean girl. But in Trixie makeup? Yeah, I was in like a black wig with a dreidel in my hair. Huh. It wasn't even like offensive, but um, you know, it's it's a little safer to make other choices. No, you know. I mean, uh, uh, speaking for the entire Jewish community, which I love to do, if it's a funny joke, we like it. Are you Jewish? Yeah. I you're very handsome and something I always think Jewish guys are hot. Oh, thank you. Maybe that's a thing. Is there a Jew chaser? Is that like a word? J-swipe. What? Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) It's Tinder for Jews. Brian, come on. If you're not Jewish, can you be honest? Absolutely. Oh, did you know there's Bristler, which is for girls who like guys with beards? No. Bitch. Oh my God. Grinder for gay people. Tinder for straight people. Growler for people who growl. There's not growlers. Christian Mingle, which is stupid because if your name's Christian, why would you want to meet someone? (laughs) Yeah, Growler. That's for bears. Oh my god. Wait, straight people and growlers? No, that's gays. No, gay, gays, growler. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I thought that like scruff would, en- would encompass that. No, growler, I know about it because it only costs $5 to do a shout on growler, which is how you uh, message everyone in the radius of the miles. And whenever I'm in a city, I'll pay $5 because bears are such good supportive tricks. Oh. Bears are great people because they have a great sense of humor and they love drag. I love that. Oh, I just yeah. realized too that the drag community is devoid of bears. Most yeah, because well, everyone has to be hairless. <laughs> well, Lady Bear from San Francisco is hairy. There are there are bear drag queens, but That's... they wear long sleeves. <laughs> Varla Jean Merman. I don't know if she's a bear. She's a muscle daddy bear, covered oh in body hair. She does CrossFit. She's a giant, covered in body hair. And a giant CrossFit muscle daddy. But in drag, you wouldn't know because she wears big costumes and stuff. That's really funny. Nobody knows that I'm a muscle daddy on drag. I know. You'll have to show us afterward. Okay. Let's leave it there. Thank yeah. you very much for this. And of course. And everyone can check you out at Trixie Mattel. On at Trixie Mattel on every single platform. Everything. Instagram, Facebook, everything. Goodbye. Bye. And that's our show. If you enjoyed it and haven't already, please subscribe. You can do that on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play. And then also please rank us five stars and leave a comment on iTunes. It's one of the biggest ways you can help our show. You can also join our newsletter at lgbtqpodcast.com. That's a great way to stay up to date on all new episodes and live shows. We've got a few coming up this summer. And if you want to check out our other interviews with drag queens, we've got interviews with Katya and Shangela on the site. All right, that's it. Special thanks to our partners at Panoply, our old home at AfterBuzz TV, the Elon University in Los Angeles studio, Jason McMurdy, and everyone for listening. We'll see you next week.